Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. Mental illness can sometimes go out unidentified in its early stages, leading to more serious diagnosis that may affect a person's ability to live a normal life. Early intervention and mental health programs can help treat mental illness and enable sufferers to continue their lives. My guest today is Dr. William McFarlane. He was formerly Chief of Psychiatry and Director of the Center for Psychiatric Research at Maine Medical Center, and presently he's a Professor of Psychiatry at Tufts University School of Medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. McFarlane. Tell us a little bit about the state of mental illness today, as there's still a stigma that surrounds mental illness, and does that make it a little bit harder for this early intervention to be so helpful? Absolutely. Um, We've been through this before with cancer, and so there's a good prognosis for the field in general, Uh, but it is still a problem for a young person and their family to see signs of uh, psychosis, particularly, or any major mental illness, and decide to uh, seek treatment in time to uh, really have the best outcome. So yes, it's still an issue. I'm happy to say also, I think it's probably diminishing in young people, uh, which is good to see. The stigma is diminishing or mental illness is diminishing? Oh, the stigma. Uh, Mental illness is still with us and I think will be for quite a long time. So what are some of the signs and symptoms, whether we're talking about younger people, adolescents, or adults, that their loved ones can really look at? Red flags, Dr. McFarland, that would signal somebody needs some help. Well, the general ones are uh, just uh, unexplainable, mysterious changes in functioning. A young person whose grade point average starts dropping off, even though they're trying to do the work, Uh, signs of withdrawing from their friends and then even from family members. But the real tip-offs are um, the classic signs of psychosis, in other words, hallucinations and odd ideas that are usually suspicious or persecutory in nature, but not nearly as severe as you'd find uh, in a full-blown psychotic episode. Um, So, for instance, uh, young people might say they hear their name occasionally and they know nobody's saying that, or um, they hear music when there's no music being played, or they feel um, that somebody might be following them and they might even hear a footstep or two, but when they look, there's nothing there and it's fairly subtle. It's not a, a gross paranoid delusion as you might see in an emergency room or a psychiatric hospital. Would they tell their loved ones about these feelings, about these paranoias, the feeling that someone is following them or the music that they might hear? Do they vocalize that to somebody? Well, ideally, yes. And many of the best outcomes have occurred in uh, cases where somebody raised the issue with a family member, usually a parent, who then uh, sought help from, say, a pediatrician who would then refer to a specialized program like uh, the Portland Identification and Early Referral Program. Uh, that's what we, we are currently reestablishing in Portland right now. Uh, unfortunately, the usual pathway is it's picked up by somebody else, often a teacher, uh, a family member who's noticing uh, pretty serious changes and deterioration in uh, outward signs of functioning 
Um, and then on interview questioning, the person, yes, and says, oh, yes, I'm hearing these odd sounds. I can't sleep very well. I feel like people might be in the room when there's nobody there, uh, things like that. And then that would often trigger or should trigger for sure a uh, referral to a specialized program. Do you think sometimes, Dr. McFarland, that the family might resist seeking that early intervention for shame or fear? As you say, the stigmas are starting to, you know, lull just a little bit. But do you think that maybe some parents might think if it's their teen, it's a result of bad parenting, so they're not as likely to seek help for their teen, thinking they can take care of the situation? Well, unfortunately, that's pretty common, um, particularly in the United States as opposed to Europe and uh, the Far East. There's been a tradition of sort of blaming uh, mental illness, particularly schizophrenia, on parenting. Now, the current research shows that there's almost no basis for that other than having a child. There's a huge genetic uh, influence. But uh, I think the, the general assumption is if your son or daughter seems to be developing a major illness, it must be something you've done. And we try to dispel that as quickly as possible by actually reversing it, saying a parent who brings a young person in an early stage is manifesting real care and real intelligence uh, uh, as, as a parent. Um, but sometimes people resist, uh, sometimes, because there's, these illnesses are often hereditary, uh, people resist because they think, oh, this is going to be like Uncle Harry, and look what terrible things happened to him. Um, other families would have exactly the same situation and say, well, we certainly don't want that to happen <laughs> with our son, so let's seek help now. Varies a lot. Um, what we're trying to do in Portland is get the word out that, A, these things are identifiable early, and, B, they really can be prevented at, at, if we get there early enough, just, just like in cancer or early identification of heart disease. Very similar. So how does early intervention help, Dr. McFarland? What do you do when somebody brings in their teenager or their 20-something or an adult says, I think something's really going on with me, or a spouse brings somebody in? What's the first thing you do to identify the level of mental illness that you might be experiencing? The first thing we do, of course, is a very careful assessment. There's a structured interview that we use now to uh, determine if the person's at risk or perhaps already in a phase of psychosis. Uh, but then if they are found to be at risk or already having an episode, um, we start treatment immediately, as quickly as possible. And that can vary from um, some degree of uh, pharmacologic intervention, but the primary uh, focus of our program is on helping the family understand what's going on and then uh, provide a certain degree of support protection uh, and stress reduction such that the uh, the basic level of you know neurological arousal in the young person starts to diminish so that some of these symptoms start to going away. If that doesn't work, we would then, or if they're further along, we would uh, offer uh, antipsychotic medication in very low doses. Many of these young people are already in the midst of a mood episode, either uh, manic or depressive. We would also offer medication and specific treatment for that. The program uh, after that really then focuses on uh, getting a person 
to function better in their natural environment, whether it's school or work or with their friends and with the family. Uh, again, with a lot of uh, involvement of the family in supporting that and guiding the family to help doing that. The family almost becomes part of our team in a way. When does it become an inpatient situation? Well, at any <clears throat> excuse me, at any sign of danger, uh, suicidal ideas, uh, any any actions in that direction, or if the person's so uh, impaired and so symptomatic with psychosis that they really can't function and are not able to do uh, much of anything that they would be expecting or would like to do. Um, we try to avoid hospitalization, but that's not an absolute uh, thing. If somebody really needs it, we have. Uh, excellent services in our community, anyway, uh, for uh, getting people restabilized and back on their feet fairly quickly, actually, in most cases. So in just the last minute, if you would, Dr. McFarland, give the listeners your best advice on the importance of identifying these signs you've spoken of, early intervention for mental illness, and why they should come seek their help at Maine Medical Center. Well, I think the upshot of all this is that if there's anything that parents or people in school or pediatricians, uh, others in the community uh, should be aware of is that first, these uh, early symptoms are fairly subtle. Uh, It's important that they get assessed by somebody who's really trained to assess them, but to do so quickly because um, just like in many other chronic conditions, the earlier you get there, the better the outcomes. As we've seen in our research, uh, almost everybody uh, avoids having an episode of psychosis if we get there before it's really gotten serious. Um, and we've actually reduced the number of people with uh, schizophrenia and other major uh, psychotic disorders in, in the greater Portland area by about a third by doing this. So the stakes are pretty high. Um, as we like to say, if you take it seriously, it will not become serious. It's sort of a paradox there, but that's the way it works. Thank you so much. It's great information. You're listening to MMC Radio. And for more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.